from the creators of Relevant Magazine. This is the Relevant Podcast. Do we have to talk you Do we have to make sense of it? They say I better seal you up in wax So that you're never gonna bite me back Ooh, I can feel it when I'm away I've got to get back tomorrow If not today to try to talk you in the air It's the week of Friday, March 24th, 2017, and it's The Relevant Podcast. I'm your host, Cameron Strang, and this week's show is brought to you by Audible. Audible offers an unmatched selection of audiobooks, original audio shows, news, comedy, and more from the leading audiobook publishers and broadcasters. Unlike a streaming or rental service, with Audible, you own your audiobooks, and you can download them to your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or other listening device. Uh, right now, I'm actually listening to... Uh, a, a book, Jesse. Okay. There's this guy, Timothy Ferris. He wrote oh, the yeah. book, The Four Hour Work Week. Yes. And I thought this guy's I'm well on, aware. This guy's on to something. <laughs> so <laughs> I'm trying to learn how to ignore you that. guys for 36 hours a week and only and only <laughs> he, be productive for four of them. He also wrote The Four Hour Body. Both of those books I would recommend. Uh, hey, right now, um, the Audible is offering relevant podcast listeners a free audiobook with a 30 day trial membership. Just go to audible.com slash relevant and browse the unmatched selection of audio programs. Download a title for free and start listening. It's that easy. Go to audible.com slash relevant. That's audible.com slash relevant. Get started today. Like I said, I'm your host, Cameron Strang, uh, here with me in our Orlando studio. Oh, well, I'll just tell you right now, it's a different show this week, mm-hmm. and it's exciting for us. So the intro is going to be a little different. Eddie's out on assignment. Chelsea's doing something. I don't know. So here with me in our Orlando studios, my brother, our producer, Chandler Strang. Hello. Uh, on the Skype line from Loverland, Virginia, Jesse Carey. Hello, hello. And a special guest joining us for the entire show today, uh, rapper, spoken word artist, speaker, Author, my friend, Propaganda is joining us from LA. Hey, turn up, turn up, turn up, turn up. It's eight thirty in the morning. <laughs> and uh, Prop, how us- long did you practice that, by the way? Uh, how long did you practice that? It just kind of came that? to me right now. See, I that's the best. That's the best greetings. The ones that just naturally come to you. The ones yeah. that are like you get in your head, Jesse. Can't overthink it, man. Just, go, just flow. <laughs> yeah. Hey, uh, we're excited to have you, man. Um, coming up later, uh, Aaron will join us because Jesse and Aaron and I were at South by Southwest this past week, and we have some mm-hmm. things to talk about so uh, we'll pull him in later but uh prop man we're excited like dude when you told me a long time ago that you listened to our podcast i was like (laughs) well number one i didn't know why you listened uh i was like you know you're an intellectual and you're cool and i didn't know like what about our show uh connected with you but uh you mentioned you're like man i want to come and just sit down and join y'all like i what really? <laughs> like, all right, dude. Let's let's do it. Let's do yeah, it. the intellectual term is intersectionality. You know what I mean? Like I got like my my, my identity is is complex. That's you right. feel me? Don't mm-hmm. denigrate me. You That's understand right. what I'm saying right now? So uh, I, I I pull from a lot of resources. I think you guys are hilarious. The thing the thing that um I I think is great about this is that you tend lately, especially in the last year or two, is it like I've noticed when you're invited to speak at an event or you know you're interviewed or even when you've been on the show, you've been brought on to like bring substantive content mm-hmm. and a, and a hard hitting perspective. And you're like, dude, I just don't, I just want to kind of like joke around for an hour. And I'm like, dude, you need to do that. Let's do well, that. Here's the thing. I've previewed a, a prop last night. We were, we were texting back and forth and he sent me a, a slice that he's very passionate about. And I can say, this is a new lane for him. <laughs> 
the, 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 the thing that he he really wants to discuss, I can guarantee, if you're a, a, a fan of his, you're gonna be surprised yeah. by this new lane. I'm 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 excited for it, Prof. I'm I'm excited you're here, man. Prof, this Trying is it's you. good timing too, because my phone in the last. 24, 48 hours has been blowing up because of you tweeting and tagging me and uh, people tagging me about this uh, Lecrae Ty Dolla Sign video that that premiered this I week. I changed your oh, life, man. I, I changed your life. Out. Blessings came out and oh, they, they debuted it on like Monday or two, I think Monday this week, Tuesday maybe. And I had talked about on the show last month when I got back from LA, like, you know, I was just wanting to hang out with you for a couple hours. I had some time to kill in LA. And you're like, I'm at this video shoot come through. And I just, you know, so I came over and I didn't know anything about it. I thought it was your video shoot at first. And, it was uh, not. Yeah. And then we, <laughs> we got there as this huge production and it was, you know, Lecrae and Ty Dolla Sign's video and, you know, you and Lecrae are close friends. And so you're in it and it's like kind of a family hangout kind of setting of this house and like kind of a family party, just afternoon barbecue kind of thing. And, and I'm just coming by to say hi. And then I was going to, you know, just hang out for a minute and then just, you know, go on to other things in LA. And you and I were just hanging out talking and then, and, and, and Lecrae, they were like, Hey, we need you up front to block kind of a shot or whatever. And then you and me and, uh, DJ Molsky kind of went up there and we we're just kind of hanging on the side, just kind of talking still. I thought we were just talking and all of a sudden music starts playing and the camera starts moving around and I'm realizing I'm in the shot and I, and I didn't know. I didn't, I like, I didn't intend for that. I wasn't invited to be in the shot. I just happened to be in the shot. And then like, I'm sitting there like, we're just talking. So like you and I, we're just like, you know, kind of unfazed by it. We just keep going. And then I, you know, so I come back on the podcast and I'm telling everybody like, I think I was in a rap video, you know, like, and and this rap video like debuts this week. And sure enough, they're off in the little corners, little white face. And, um, and the people were tagging me nonstop. My phone, like, I'm not kidding you, like hundreds and hundreds of tags, like people. Because it's so awesome. And the reality, reality is it's much more realistic see the thing is people think you know when you have sort of a family event especially with like a black family that you're not gonna see any white faces the reality is somebody one of your cousins like likes white men that's just (laughs) one of them does you know so that's why there's such a variance in our shades like somebody yeah and that somebody somebody is whoever invited Cameron in this scenario it's just a dude you know what I'm saying and like they got you got a light skinned cousin and it's kind of because somebody like the white dude and that white dude is generally like one of the coolest dudes you know because first of all he's fine in this entire black space you yeah. know and <laughs> it's, we're just and nobody thinks anything of yeah, it that's yeah. just it was uncle cam yeah. you know, you know. Dude, it was fun i had a great time i i felt like when i left i mean after i realized because then we had to just like stay there because they had to like you know do a bunch of takes of that you know front yard shot I felt like at the end, I, I didn't know to feel bad or was like, man, thanks for including me. I didn't know. So like, That's I never great. mentioned it to Lecrae. I don't know that he even saw that I was in the shot or anything. So then uh, when XXL magazine started posting pictures from the shoot this week, you know, when they were debuting it, <laughs> sure enough, there's my little white face in the corner. Dude. And I was like, yeah, well, you debuted crazy. in double XL mag before me. <laughs> oh, you just like let that sink in, bro. <laughs> oh, it was so funny, man. It was great. I had a great time. So anyway, people are like playing like 
like a Where's Waldo with the with uh, Cameron and Prop, and uh, <laughs> we're there. But I like I think I took DJ Malski's seat, and like he was supposed to be in the shot, and then he was like, "No, man, you're cool. Just like you know, I'll stand right here." I felt bad. I felt I really did. I felt bad, but anyway, I am now in a hip hop video. I'm gonna put that on my IMDb profile. Himself, Cameron Trang himself. In the oh, speaking of uh, music, this is a big week for music. Hey, let's call Aaron in here. Uh, our editorial director, Aaron Hambury, he's gonna join us. Uh, every every year or the last couple years on my birthday week is South by Southwest, which South by Southwest is uh, three kind of conferences in one. It's not like a traditional music festival or anything like that. It's like a conference first. And then uh, they have like a ton of showcases and artist spotlights and stuff like that. So Jesse and I went last year. We've been going to Lollapalooza every summer for, I mean, I've been going, I think, 11 straight years. And uh, Jesse's been to more than we can count as well. And we wanted a totally different like music discovery experience. We went to South by last year, had a great time. It's overwhelming. It's so different than you can't pop around to see a bunch of artists. It's just like these artists that should be playing in front of like two, three, four, five thousand people are playing in front of 50. And so like you can't get in, you know, so it's like and there's thousands of artists playing and 150,000 people come into Austin, Texas for it. It's a blast, but you got to be on your game. You got to have a plan and stuff. So this year we're like, we're going to do it different. And so we brought Aaron with us. Welcome, Aaron. Hey guys, we did. We, we did Austin. We did Austin. My and first time there. Was it really? There you go. What did you think of did Austin, Texas? I'm not a huge Texas fan, but of Texas places, I <laughs> yeah. feel like Austin was a good one. The best, Austin the is the best one. version yeah, of Texas. The the, best, there we go. Yeah. The best version of Texas. Did you eat a lot of tacos while you were there? We ate a substantial amount of tacos. Yeah, brisket tacos. That's brisket tacos, tacos. definitely a thing. Yeah, very so, creative tacos. Some weird tacos. I said to Jesse, I texted him. I was like, "Grab me a chicken taco," he wanted, and he's like, he well, "It's going to be Indian chicken taco." I hope you're wanting curry because all they do is like off the wall tacos. Like if you just wanted, if you just wanted like ground beef taco with salsa, you don't have that Austin. Yeah, so false expectation that we could just do chicken tacos. I thought it'd be cool to tell everybody kind of some of the bands that we you know that w- we were blown away by that sure. we experienced sure. and um and just kind of take a couple minutes to talk about south by southwest because i love going and uh we had a great time and you know i thought it'd be good to to bring some highlights so yeah uh, when we first got there you guys interviewed a number of artists and stuff but while y'all were off doing yeah. interviews i was going to showcases the first afternoon i was there I, I i found a showcase that universal was putting on and uh saw jacob banks who's like this uh british r&b kind of reggae artist he's gonna explode saw uh uh Shi and then um mm-hmm. japanese house which is amazing but it culminated with maggie rogers absolutely yeah, yeah. And, we, we, we made it for that one so that was all three of us uh maggie uh if you if you saw the video that went viral last year it was a, a, a music college class and the professor brought in Pharrell to give like notes to the students some of the, the kind of the best students and so like the student would come up and they'd play a song that the student had created and Pharrell would give them notes and so uh, the uh, the video that went viral was Pharrell meeting Maggie Rogers and Maggie talking about her her perspective on music and then they played the song Pharrell is almost moved to tears he's blown away it's crazy he at the end has no notes for her and just talked about how her gift and her vision and her voice is singular and like it was mm-hmm. it's mm-hmm. like chill inducing you can to watch see him this like looking around at other people like are we all here in the same are we all hearing this? Yeah, he's right. freaking out. i watched it again last night honestly and it, it's still staggering well maggie the maggie was that girl and now she's released an ep and she's she was playing south by she's me playing Lollapalooza later too it'll be interesting to see her on a bigger stage but um i want to play here's a little clip of uh of maggie if you haven't heard her song this is alaska 
What did y'all, what'd y'all think of seeing Maggie? Uh, oh, I thought she was a lot yeah, of fun. Yeah, it was fun to see an artist at that point in her career because she's you know so young and just getting started where you can tell, like, the crazy thing yeah. is, like, when she's performing, she's totally natural. You can tell she's got, like, this natural talent and this natural stage presence. But between songs, that's where you could see that thing. This was new for her. She was so yeah. excited. And, like, a lot of artists play it really cool. You know, fumbling with the mic, not knowing uh-huh. how to banter with yeah. the crowd. There was like a perceivable age gap of like 10 years from when she was singing to when like between yeah. songs. Like it was yeah. this weird thing. Like she would morph into like an artist and then like, oh, I'm here. And hey, everybody. Prop. Hey, when you were first performing, I mean, I'm assuming Uh-oh. you were making music in, in your bedroom or you were, you know, you rhyming or yeah. whatever on your own. Do you remember those first performances? Like, oh, my gosh. Was it so because like what, uh, what I noticed about Maggie and my just my observation is that she's been singing these songs for a couple of years at least. Right. But she's not used to performing her songs. And I noticed by the third, fourth song, she was out of breath, like not quite yeah, able to thing. punch the notes. And that's what I was wondering like, as an artist, like the nerves, the adrenaline, whatever. Is it yeah, even physical conditioning? Yeah. It's totally like this is a thing. Okay. So the first performance for me was, you know, fifth grade talent show. And mm, I danced to Bobby Brown, Ghostbusters, Come on, murdered man. it. But um, <laughs> of course, performance as a artist. Yeah, you're the, the nerves, you're rapping too fast. Um, and I think there's this like pressure to you want to say every word you wrote, like you don't realize like, well, that's because you're when you're recording it, you have more, you don't have to move around, you know? So like, yeah, totally like rushing through lyrics, stepping on things. Um, but when the music's on, you, you nailed it. When the music's on, especially if you're like a natural performer, that's where you turn on, you know, but the in-between to figure out how to like, yeah, seem like a regular dude in between. That's something that it takes a while to get comfortable with. Cause you're still going, uh, do you guys like that? Do, can I keep going? <laughs> how long, yeah. how long did it take yeah. you to feel comfortable on stage? Like, I, I mean, it, I'm not saying like, maybe like, it, was it like you just did kind of random shows so it took a while or is it like you just kind of jumped in and like you're just like nonstop performing and so it kind of clicked pretty quickly for you yeah it was it was uh i think it's it's pretty it happens pretty quick especially like when you're the opener and then you see the guy come on or the group come on right after you and you just realize that just the humongous gulf chasm between their execution and yours mm. you just start mm. like you just go home embarrassed like thinking dang i thought i killed it <laughs> and, then, and then you're looking at the guy after you and you're like oh okay so for me it was like okay i never want to experience that again mm, where yeah. i could totally tell that i was clearly the opener Interesting know. thing about Maggie, she her EP's four songs, and yep. and the the little showcase was five songs, oh. and she didn't have a fifth song, so she actually said that she's like, oh, so I don't have a fifth song, so here's a song I wrote when I was eighteen, yeah. you know, yeah. and so she just she's like, you've never heard it because it's not on the EP. It? it was good, it was, it was fine. Good, yeah. I mean, it was just like definitely not as interesting as her yeah. brand new stuff. Yeah, yeah, that's but, such a new phenomenon to be able to like be in class and friggin' Pharrell go, hey, you want to do the, the Complex Magazine <laughs> yeah, exactly. showcase? No, dude. Yeah. Like, I was, I, it was like 10 years in before I got invited to South By and it was like way far down at the end of the road during like 2.30 in the afternoon. Yeah, like, Karen, what, what, one moment that I thought was a, was a cool moment, it was an afternoon moment, but it was outside and we kind of went to go, uh, you know, see this uh, showcase area 
and a band takes it's an electronic band uh, takes a stage and and maybe it was just me but I didn't even realize who was going I didn't have like the uh, little booklet in front of me you know and we're kind of grooving to it it's cool and all of a sudden it they start sur- well it was survive so yeah, the, it, the yeah, setting it was uh, the French Legion uh, like museum it was mm-hmm. a beautiful like gardens Pitchfork took it over and they had like a little tiny side stage and they had a more main stage and it was it was a good crowd I mean the line was around the block we, we yeah. were able to yeah. skip in so we were in there and just sitting on the hilly grass you know like a yeah. very intimate setting and I knew it was survive and they were one of the buzz bands yeah. but I hadn't really told Jesse even who we were going to see and so we were sitting there and all of a sudden they started to play yeah and so and I'm like I looked at our camera I'm like dude they're crushing the Stranger Things song right now. This is unreal, right? Because it's like if you haven't, if you don't know, survive. It's like four dudes on like sense and crazy, yeah, like half it's just analog, like, half it's just digital like setups, eighties so, vibey, dark, scary yeah. kind of sound. You know, it, it felt like it. It felt like it, that that show needed to be at night in a cemetery with like an eighties laser show <laughs> yeah, in the background, like the yeah the or the you know, radio or the Red Rocks or at a planetarium, and you're just laying back yeah. and it's. <laughs> well, and so he's like, man, they sound like Stranger Things. I was like, because the two of these four guys did the Stranger <laughs> Things soundtrack. Yeah. Man, where was so, I? It, it yeah, was so tight, though. Like, honestly, I was blown away, like, how vibey it got, like, instantly. They they, they make some really cool music. Yeah. Um, I, I, one night, I, I, there are two nights that stood out to me. One Absolutely. night, we got um, in uh, to a, a showcase that had back-to-back sewn um, uh, the Lemon Twigs and then Future Islands. Which I didn't know anything about Sone. I mean, that was... Well, Sone, we, Sone, Sone we've played, like, we played Sone here on the podcast. Here's, here's a clip of Sone. So I wanted, I wanted to see Sone because like, I knew that... You know, we played we played him here on the show, mm-hmm. and I, I, I dig his stuff and new album, and so we showed up. But what I didn't expect about Sone was that he's playing the keyboards the whole time. He's an amazing performer, amazing, and he's kind of like he's got this soul. He's kind of like kind of like the White Gallant. I mean, no, like no. like what I <laughs> no, totally when fair. I when I was blown away by Gallant last year at South by just it was the, his stage presence and his passion and his like the soul of his music. Um, Sone had this like depth of soul and like yeah. I, I didn't expect you know yeah, it was great. I agree. That was a that was a kind of a big surprise because I thought you know it was the first of three that we wanted to hear, and so we kind of just wandered out to the area where they're playing, and it was one of those like yeah that'll be cool, kind of cool to hear this guy, and it was really great. But the thing is, like, I I thought at that point, like, oh well, the rest of this showcase is going to be. Uh, not lame, but I mean, how, how can anyone follow that? The next two artists, the, the Lemon Twigs and Future Islands, both had incredible. I mean, uh, like super, super memorable sets. Both yeah, I mean, I think, I think the Lemon night. Twigs were the surprise, for, at least for me, were the surprise of the whole weekend. There, I mean, just I mean, we, and we got to see some cool stuff the next night. But I, I expected them to be kind of kitsch and maybe gimmicky. Well, we have them in our new music guide in the current issue. Yeah. We mentioned there's a big photo of them and it's a couple guys. Um, because I think we know they were cool, but they they represent this like '70s resurgence, and and it's like yeah. it's '70s like Queen. And yeah, they sound a like, lot like Queen. Operatic big with music, some '50s mixed in there, and yeah, some weirdly really like, weird. do up stuff. Yeah. Here, here's a little bit of Lemon Twigs.
Anyway, so we thought they'd be total kitsch. They were the yeah. mo- one of the most amazing performers. I, I, they were rotating they were like incredible. instrument positions. They were they, the, the live show for the Lemon Twigs is unbelievable. And and we walked out there going, they're not going to be a little blip like indie gimmick. They're going to, they, yeah. this, these guys, the talent, yeah, they, have they have the talent to back it up. Yeah. The, by the end of the show, the drummer is now singing lead. Yeah. He's wearing a full body yeah. leopard printed leotard and he's doing high kicks. <laughs> And, and every, every all made sense. It's like a propaganda show. It was. Yeah, I, I you need to look into this. They might have stolen your material. Yeah. Last last prop show. Only I, went I could. <laughs> it was full body deep V. Full you, body leotard. You can see this dude's belly button. Kicks. His his the you, V was was so deep in the leotard. Yeah. Can I say it was a dangerously deep V? Like <laughs> I felt like there was like you know police waiting just in case. <laughs> yeah. We've all seen that like Ben Stiller SNL sketch with the deep V. This was taken right off of that. Yeah. And and then the night ended up with uh, Mark Driscoll uh, Mark and Driscoll his band. Dude, Jack the Black. lead singer of Future Islands, if you Google him, he looks like Mark Driscoll, the pastor. Oh, like, wait, what? You got me. No, no, for real. Like, it's crazy. <laughs> it's like, a little weird. It's crazy how much he looks like Mark Driscoll. Yeah, it, it's weird. Yeah, so anyway, uh, Future Islands. But he's Islands, a great though. performer, though. so good live. Dude, I mean, Future Islands was the, it stole the night. Maybe Here, unlike yeah. any like live performer I've seen, that's, he, that's how they pop. Good is, yeah. is his you know live dancing and stuff like that. And, like, his and it's like dad dancing. Yeah. Yeah. It's crazy it's like yeah. dancing. It's like right. He's right. air punching. It's, it's like, like no. It's, it's like, like energy, a, it's, you know? it's like a it's like a mime theater performance. Right. Exactly. Like a no. weird Shakespeare yeah. if, psychedelic. If, if Shakespeare Jack Black play. performed Shakespeare in the park, like right. this is kind of like would be his body movements. Right. Yeah. Here, here's a little bit of a ran from Future Islands. It goes from there. Anyway, I, true. I, they here's what I'm excited about. This album came out a couple years ago, mm-hmm. and he announced they're done with their new album, and they're yep. about to release a new album. Yep. We're they, about got a new, to, they got a single out from we're, it. We're about to get new music from Future Islands, y'all. It's really exciting. It's exciting. They also had a technical difficulty that they pulled off incredibly. Yeah, what ha- it was like all of the instruments yeah. except for one guitar or something. It was like, like a, a bass. Just the bass. The bass. Yeah. The all instruments cut out. The bass. On the second song, all instruments cut out except for the bass. They couldn't get it going, so basically they just, he started to sing a cappella. The bass player started to join him, and then about halfway through the song, the drummer came in, and they like little by little got instruments back, and they and he ended up crushing yeah, and that's that's, awesome. a, that's the thing when you see it like yep. in these little venues mm-hmm. things don't go right you get to see like kind of like the artists are exposed almost yep. like art oh for sure you, there's no big stage there's no flashy production right, nothing to hide behind and that's exactly right and that's what's so special i was gonna say one thing i thought was cool about the way feature islands pulled it off too is that they didn't seem you know sometimes you see technical difficulties happen at a concert or right. especially like a festival right and everybody gets like pouty yeah and they're, yeah. they're like passive aggressive toward the techie they, they, freaks they, out yeah. yeah they seem like they were relatively cool with it kind of like stuff happens and right. took it in stride yeah. and then made do by doing this acapella thing and it probably cooler than if it than if it at all oh, well, it just it made them look more self aware too yeah and, yeah. That, and that's even the thing like with with like let's say like maggie rogers okay sure. so i saw the Lollapalooza uh lineup came out this week which is unbelievable that's yeah, crazy um but maggie's on there and she's not going to play a main stage but she'll play a large stage and she'll 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 play a stage where she'll probably be in front of about ten thousand people right and it's the same stage i'm, I'm assuming where i saw the xx or mumford and sons kind of the year that they broke out i'm, I'm assuming that's where they're gonna put maggie and it's gonna be so different seeing 
what she does in front of 10,000 people in a band show at Lollapalooza than what she did in front of a hundred people. Yeah. And one of her probably some first showcases, yeah. you know, and like, and this is like six months apart from each other. And I just, I can't wait to see the difference. And I, yeah. I bet at the end of it, I'll probably look back and go, man, remember when we saw her in front of a hundred people and she was nervous yeah. and fumbling. And I just, that was the pure Maggie Rogers. Sure. Like who cares about the lights and the whatever, you know what I mean? Right. Like, no, that's exactly right. Yeah. yeah as a fan, it's different, man. Uh, okay. But then the last night, the last night, uh, we saw other stuff too. I mean, there's other bands and stuff we saw all cool along, stuff. Cool but, interviews. but the last night we got word that the roots was doing a night where they do one of these four hour shows and they call it the roots and friends. They did it last year and then they did. They don't announce all who's coming. They'll announce a couple of artists that are coming and then just say special guests. Well, the playlist or the set list leaked. And so we knew after after three hours standing in line, it leaked. We literally Aaron and I stood in line for four and a half hours before wow. we got in. It was a, and it was we a part time job at that point. It yeah, was but <laughs> at that point. You're just like, I'm not giving up. Like I'm like yeah, at two hours in, I'm like, yeah. we've, yeah. we've come this far. Yeah. You, you, know? you cross the Rubicon at three hours where you're like, no matter what happens, literally no matter what happens. <laughs> yeah. I will see part of this concert. <laughs> and, 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 uh, it was, it was worth it. I mean, it, the, the people we saw, uh, they brought out surprise guests. It was everybody from like, uh, Jadena. Uh, they had, uh, uh, Migos. They had shaky graves. Um, uh, yeah. Shaky graves came out, which was hilarious. Like this indie rock British, like, folk guy going, well, you're about to see uh, me perform at the roots. Here we go. And it was just like him and a bass player, but you know, but uh, it was the full roots set up. Then the roots obviously performing stuff. And then they brought out Brandy in the place. Like Moesha lost their mind. And she, she did three songs. She was like, she'd never been to South by before. You know, she was like, didn't know what to expect. The, and the place was just packed and sweaty and small. It was a, it was like 400 people. Max. max. I think the, it was their the max. capacity, including all the band and all the workers is 400. But people. It, it, was it was like 400 people shoulder to shoulder, chest yeah, to chest. I, I was going to say a hundred of those are the, it was roots the kind of thing where like, I was trying point. to take, I would try to take my <laughs> cell phone out of my pocket and look at it. And you like kind of couldn't navigate it. But Brandy straight up went there. That's awesome. And did uh why not own it? She just oh, killed she, it. And the place she owned lost it. their mind. Every girl That's was wild. singing every word. Yeah, you know, uh, it was hilarious. It was great. And then uh, then uh, Ti came out. Came out, and he started doing all his early two thousands stuff, which was the worst era of hip hop in my opinion. <laughs> still, still though, t- hearing Ti live with the Roots sing "Bring Him Out" was like my high school basketball warm up. This is what made me sad. This room was a bunch of people in like you know they're maybe early thirties or whatever, and yeah. like. To them, T.I. was old school He's hip-hop. classic. He's classic hip-hop. And so like, they're all like, oh man, Roots are going old school, bringing out T.I. Right. And I was like, I was offended as a fan of old school you. hip-hop. Yeah. You know what I mean? I want to punch you all. I know, yes. right? No, I'm see, like, see, for me, T.I. is like fifth, sixth grade. That's when yeah, you first started Aaron's, hearing about. Aaron's doing layup lines in yeah, his mind. Right. Like, but like not, not, even, not even varsity. This is like eighth grade through junior uh, high. And I'm like, man, this is hardcore. Oh my, gosh. my my high school this basketball private, team. This private school basketball layup line is getting intense. Ti <laughs> up in here. Oh, Ti just came on. My very I'm conservative high school, My very conservative Baptist Christian school um, got very progressive the the year that we were able to do layup lines to Marky Mark and the Funky Bunches. Whoa, good they, vibrations. Oh, wow. 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 That'll, that'll, get, that'll pump that, you up. That'll get you hyped for a game. Yeah, that's yeah. a that's a jock jam. If the, you ever the heard other one. the other team knows at that point that the game is at a hand. Like okay, they're warming up to Marky Mark over there. We're gonna destroy these guys. (laughs) Deliver a hard foul right away and send a message and just laugh. Just laugh. The coach tells one of them, I don't care about the technical. Slam one of them to the floor and everyone laughs. We 
break the leg. <laughs> um, and then, and then, <laughs> yeah, straight of Cobra Kai on somebody who's in a Marky Mark to break the leg. The Roots did some of their classic stuff. They went back to that like early ninety or mid nineties stuff that they did. They, they covered Johnny B. Good. Yeah, they did because that day Chuck Berry passed away. That yeah. day, and so they covered yeah, Johnny B. Good. It was awesome. Yeah, it was fantastic. And then Method Man and Redman came out, mm. and Jeez. they with the roots, with the roots and the energy, and they didn't do like three songs like everybody else. They settled in, and yeah, it, they was like, did, it was like wow. a half hour. Yeah, they, well, they did a solid eight, ten songs, and uh, they crazy. they went the whole gamut. They did Wu Tang stuff. They did mm. solo stuff. They did like Method Man and Mary J. Blige's song. I gotta love Jones for your body and your skin tone. Five minutes alone, I'm already on the bump. Plus, I love the fact you got a mind. I did. The, I was doing the math of what those artists probably got paid, right? Yep. And I mean, the Roots literally sat there without stopping and played for four hours. That's crazy. And then all these artists that they flew in, riders, first right. class. Yeah. You know, obviously they got to get paid to do it. It's a corporate event. They're yeah. live streaming it. I'm guessing that the artist cost was about half a million. Yeah. The venue and all the Easily. other stuff was probably Easily. half a million. And Bud Light probably paid a million dollars for that showcase. That's crazy. For 400 yeah. people. Yeah. But they probably live streamed yeah. it and got, yeah, the well, What, yeah, what you said about like, them not stopping was unbelievable. I've never seen the Roots yeah. Live before. And yeah. Questlove doesn't stop. See, I've seen For the, four hours, he started swinging his arms and didn't stop. I, I've seen the Roots three or four times over the years and it, at various settings and stuff. And they're always impressive. It's always a stamina thing. You know, it's always like they're yeah. going to play, even if it's just them playing on their own they're gonna play for two hours and it's like it's always incredible impressive it, yeah. that's what will always make me a roots fan is like they just love playing music it just mm. period yeah their and, musicianship is unreal and the thing about quest love yeah. is after they'll play a show like that for two hours or whatever in any city they go to he will then after the show go find a local little hole in the wall club set, and do a yeah. residency and, and, and he'll just DJ, DJ yeah, all night. Crazy. Well, and I'll tell you uh, a few hours after the showcase, Jesse and I are in the Austin airport catching flights. Four, back. You guys left for four forty five in the morning. Four forty five in yeah. the morning. We left in the security line with us. With us was Questlove. Yeah. What? And my guess is he probably didn't sleep. And yeah. he, he, he was he was getting the business from TSA too. He was getting the extra pat down, and he was really he was not happy. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. I, I gave him a fist bump though, and that I I think I turned around his. his I, I think, I I think really, it all perked up after that. Right. Yeah. It really it really changed his day around. So he did a free session in the food court. I told I told Aaron my quest love my only quest love encounter was I was is going to sound weird. But it's kind of a creepy story. Years ago, years ago, I told this story <laughs> in the podcast, but uh, I was on a on a cruise ship that was like the whole ship was taken over. It was like this. Like like innovation summit and it was like kind of a invite only thing and some friends of mine were invited and they invited me and so I was able to get in and go and the house band for the entire three or four day thing was the roots right so it was that kind of thing Richard Branson's there and Chris Saka like it was crazy and so the roots is the house band and so so they're playing they're playing poolside one night and I'm with a couple like a couple friends and and then you know listen to the roots show is amazing and then we at the end of it like go over to kind of a quiet lounge and just to talk and we and it was empty and we were in there well after the show of course Questlove was going to DJ all night and apparently it was in this lounge and but it's me and three or four friends in there and then Questlove comes in across the room and he just sets up 
and he just starts DJing. And literally, like, we're the only people That's in crazy. it. It was totally empty. And so I, we were playing a card game, and I lost the round. And so I just kind of was sitting there. So I just wandered over to Questlove. And he's just, you know, there's a table in front of us. He's not, like, up on a stand or anything. He's just got his gear on a table. And he's there, and he's got his head down. He's scratching. He's selecting albums or whatever. And, uh, and I'm standing there on the other side of the table just kind of watching him or whatever. And I, but I'm, like, two feet from him. Yeah. And we didn't talk, and because I'm nervous, I've been a fan of yeah. the Roots yeah. since '95. What do you say? And I'm trying to break the ice, and I got—I mean, I, he's like he, he's a music DJing. hero, and I'm sitting there like and he's DJing too, so like you don't want to interrupt him. No, exactly, and it was, yeah. but it was kind of pre. Was like he was just kind of like warming oh, up. Gotcha, you know? gotcha, gotcha. It was like this, was, this up. was his layup lines. Right. Yeah, it was a, he was—he basically had Marky Mark playing. <laughs> right, gotcha. And so we're sitting there for like a couple minutes, and then finally I go, "Hey, um, is it cool if I, if I watch it?" And he goes, "It's kind of weird, man." Okay, I'm just a big fan, and then I walked away. And I was That's like, really I don't, I mean, "Okay, I, sorry." I, I never get nervous or starstruck, but man, yeah. Questlove, I got freaking starstruck, man. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Real, real talk, creep me out a little, man. You need to take about three three hefty steps back. That's basically what he said. And now the dude has a, I think he's a cookbook out now, so he's diversifying his wow. uh, his creative endeavors for sure. <laughs> Just like right. Prop being on their own podcast, diversifying. Yeah, we are his cookbook. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay, well, th- like that's you know that's it for our South by recap. But here's one of the things: one of the last dinners, we were sitting there at the table, and I had the South by book in front of me, mm-hmm. and it lists literally all the thousands of artists that are playing. And I was just scanning through it just to see who who we wanted to see that night. And uh, and I'm reading it. I'm like, I swear, if I if I just put a random collection of words together, like a Mad Lib, like an Mad Lib, you wouldn't know if it was an actual South by Southwest band name that's exactly true or a random collection of words that i made up right so i started saying some of the names to the guys at the table and i thought we've got to bring this on the show we're going to have a musician Mm -hmm. on the show with us we're going to do a game right now (laughs) and the game is is this a a actual south by southwest band or something jesse just made up a south by southwest band or something jesse just made up okay all right you got so the rules are clear prop I'm going to read it. a band name. You have to tell me, is it someone who actually played at South by Southwest <laughs> oh this year or something that I literally oh just made up, okay? <laughs> I'm going to fail this so epically. All right, the first one. The first one. <laughs> Guantanamo Baywatch. Guantanamo Baywatch. Oh, no, that's a band. You are correct. That's a band. Okay, how about this? How about this? Larry Bird Watching. Larry Bird Watching. <laughs> nah, you made that up. <laughs> I did make that up. I did make that up. Okay. All right. How about this? Narrowly averted grizzly bear attack. Narrowly that's averted. That's a band. What are you saying? Band or made up? I'm saying that's a band. I'm sorry. I made that up. I would be in a band. I would go see a band called that. <laughs> I would. I would. We, okay. we tried to see them on Sunday. Yeah. yeah. Just meat bodies. Meat bodies. Just one word. <laughs> Oh, meat bodies. Meat, as in, as in M E A T, as in bodies of meat. Oh One word. God. Meat, meat bodies. bodies. Uh, that's definitely a band. You are correct. That is a band. That is a band. Oh, that wow. is a band. That's crazy. And they were at South by. Yeah, I remember. That was one of the ones I mentioned at dinner. It was like meat bodies. Meat bodies. That's <laughs> all right, pal. Wow. Uh, <laughs> thousand foot whale claw. Thousand foot <laughs> whale claw. Oh man, please Jesus, let this be a band. You're correct. It's a band. Oh, was no. that your guess? Yes. Wait. I sandbagged it to you. That's crazy. Okay, That's okay. How about this? Tony Latigre. Tony Latigre. <laughs> Tony Latigre. 
Tony the Tigre. Um, nah, that's not a band. You made that up. I did make that up. Okay, how about this? How about this? A horrific hairdryer accident. <laughs> a horrific hairdryer That actually sounds like an album. Um, you made that up. I did. Okay, how about this? This is gonna. It's we're gonna get real. See, artists know art. That's kind of the weirder part of it. He's like, oh yeah, that's a band. Yeah, artists know art. That's what I'm saying. Thousand foot whale obviously a band. Thigh master. Thigh master. Thigh master's a band. You're right, man. Man, he's killing this. Okay, how about this? Dorothy Mantooth is a saint. Yeah, that's right. She is a saint. Yeah. She's a saint. Somebody definitely named their band after that. Oh, gotcha. Oh, God. I made that up. Okay. Um, Betty White is here. Betty White Betty. is here. Not Betty White, but Betty White is here. Betty White is here. Playing tonight, Betty White is here. Yeah. Okay. All the boss yeah. just <laughs> Betty White from is Indiana here. thought that was hilarious. Yeah. I don't know why he's from Indiana, but he's definitely from Indiana. Yeah, that's a band. I made that up. And wow, if there's a, a band, band out there that wants to draw a crowd, have them put that on the marquee. Like, <laughs> it's almost like that be. band called Free Beer Tonight, right? Yeah, oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah exactly. Okay, how about this? Shaq, as in Shaq the, 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 the human, like S-H-A-Q, uh, is dope. One word. Shaq is dope. Shaq is Jack dope, one dope. word. Yeah. yeah. Shaq is dope. Man, you guys shook my confidence by being so proud of me. Um, <laughs> Shaq is dope. Nah, you made that up. That's a real band. A real band. They play they South Park. Yep. yep. How about this one? How about this one? A B C D E F G H I J K. As in, like, just joking. You thought we we're gonna do the alphabet? It's you got it. They stopped there. Yeah. 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 Oh my god. I hope that's a band. Made it up. <laughs> oh gosh. Dang it, man. All right, last See one. You. Last one, Jesse. End on a high note. Here we go. Dang. Okay. okay. Oh man, in on a highway note. There's so many good ones left. Okay. Um <laughs> uh, <laughs> Grandpa Death Experience. <laughs> wow. Grandpa, Grandpa Death, Death Experience is a band. Yes. For the win. Congratulations. That's unbelievable. Yeah. It is yeah. a real band. Grandpa yeah, Death Experience. Band. That's which insane. Playing right before Betty White yeah. is here. Uh, yeah. Tuesday at the Matador. All right. Yeah. Oh my gosh. That was that was uh something Jesse just made up. Okay, uh, moving the show along, you know what I realized? I never told y'all. I mean, this has been so enrapturing, I'm sure that's why you're listening, but I never told you what's coming up later on the show. We have yeah, a great a show one. today. It's it's a show that only the relevant podcasts would put that's together. Absolutely, literally, true. that's the truest statement <laughs> uh, so far. On the show today, Paul Rust is joining us. Paul Rust is the creator, writer, and the lead actor for the Netflix comedy Love, mm-hmm. which is mm. a very uh, honest look at love, sex, and relationships, especially kind of in your twenties. And is a Judd Apatow uh, mm-hmm. franchise, and so therefore is not uh, safe for the little ears. That's not, yeah. Um, but yeah. the conversation is is uh, fantastic because it really does talk about kind of the truth and reality of kind of relationships in this generation. And and mm-hmm. so Paul's coming up later, and then also after Paul, Carrie Job joins us to walk through her new album, The Garden. So she's going to kind of tell us about some of the stories behind the tracks of her new project. So Paul Russ. It's a unique setup. A Judd Apatow mm-hmm. show. Mm-hmm. Paul Russ is joining us and Carrie Joe. There's a theme in there somewhere. Here's the thing. <laughs> this is exactly why I was already a fan of the relevant podcast. <laughs> oh, there you go. Thanks, man. That's, that's it. That's it. All right. All right. We'll move the show along. It's time for our weekly look back at what happened in culture and entertainment. It's time for In Case You 
Uh, well, in case you missed it, John, uh, comedian John Christ and Aaron Tuning, friends of the show, the uh, good guys, uh, they did a, uh, a parody of a reality show called Church Hunters, mm. and it's the perfect send-up of church shopping culture. Um, they have other viral videos you might have seen called Millennial International, which was like a sponsorship organization for slackers, and, uh, and they did a, a takedown of the Christian music industry. They did. That's um, classic. Well, yeah. this new one is, is like in the style of the HG, HGTV show uh, House Hunters, obviously. It features a young couple looking for the perfect church that meets all of their very specific personal needs. Here's here's a clip of their new uh, video. Hey guys, what's happening? I'm Corey. Good to see you. My name's Nick. This hey, is Molly. Molly. Hey guys, welcome to Church Hunters. This is your first church. This is Creekside First Baptist. So while it is traditional, it's still pretty current. Just okay. this year, the pastor started untucking his shirts. Oh, wow. that's good. Oh. He does dress his age though, so don't worry. He's past the Osteen suit phase, but he hasn't gone full Giglio yet. Okay, so I love holes that. in the knees? Or I love that. It's frayed, but no holes. <laughs> frayed, no holes. Okay, got it. Yeah. Perfect. So hey, let me show you around. Okay, right, come on. Do it. I do no love holes. this lobby. It's a great lobby. You know, yeah. it's not too big, not too small. Yeah. Should be enough. <laughs> room to catch up chat with your friends but here's a great thing there's a bunch of side exits so if you need to leave early and catch the game you can do that got it yeah. <laughs> one of the main reasons that i love this church for you guys is that on your personality test molly you scored high in service and hospitality oh babe and there's wow. a great welcome team you could join perfect okay. and then nick oh, you scored really high in need for accountability <laughs> and the men's groups here are amazing you just, you just put that out there heart, okay <laughs> oh, my gosh. Oh, so uh, it goes on from there. It's so good. Uh, John, John's uh, killing it right now yeah. with some oh, of these like, parody yeah, videos. Yeah. On a personal sure. note, Gosh. the church where that was filmed is where I got married. So, <laughs> really? It was kind of interesting. Well, did you score high on the need for accountability as well? I don't know. <laughs> is that they specialize in marriages for guys that need accountability? <laughs> 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 Maybe oh, so. This guy's getting married here for sure. Maybe so. <laughs> in case you missed it, uh, this week, Sufjan Stevens explained why his faith-inspired version of the Star Spangled Banner is still so relevant today. Uh, he took the stage at the Tibet House's 30th Annual Benefit Concert at Carnegie Hall. Uh, and he performed the, the somewhat obscure song he first recorded back in 2012. The song contains lyrics questioning violence and nationalism uh, with lyrics like, uh, and our flag marked with blood, with the blood of our hands and our hands marked with death, with the blood of the man and the man on the cross and the cross on our hearts. Has it done nothing more than to drive us apart? Uh, before performing the song this week, he said, my prayer is that we begin to move our hearts, our minds, our bodies in the direction of love, wisdom, and common sense. Until then, we'd like to sing a theme song for this present darkness. Here is a clip. like the whole like national uh, feeling and posture right now it's kind of re-inspired Sufian as an artist and a writer lately I agree absolutely 
He makes some weird. Hey, when you guys though. go to your uh, <laughs> yeah. your secret white men meetings, can yeah. you tell him? Uh, those that are secrets. I'm such a fan. <laughs> I'll let him know. I'll let him know. I want to do. I want to work with him so hey, bad. I'm prop, not coming. We can't discuss the details of those meetings. Prop. I was the. I was uh, a, a white man allowed to be at the secret black rap video shoot. I think <laughs> you I see can what invite. I'm saying? I can invite you to the secret white meeting. You can. Because that's what I'm trying to say. There's you, definitely do white you girls. Want to be J. Crew. <laughs> 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 yeah, it's it's in a secret room underneath a J Crew. <laughs> that's why that's why black people haven't been able to find it because they don't shop it's there. Under a J Crew, <laughs> it's hiding in plain sight. You guys are brilliant. Dude, you're man. welcome to come. You just never asked to. Like it's open to everybody. It's, it's just under the J Crew. You guys have you ever owned a pair of chinos? Because bring those with you. Yeah, you uh, go to the chino rack. Yeah, and you push. It's a door. It's a secret yeah. door. Yeah, it's a secret door hiding behind some chinos some <laughs> completed some chino chinos <laughs> hey in case you missed it this week demi lovato uh said that god helped uh, her get and remain sober the pop star recently took to instagram to announce that she's now been sober for five years when she posted an image of her 12-step program uh, marking the milestone she's previously been pretty open about her struggle with uh, drug and alcohol addiction I-, I was doing the math she's like 23 right so she's yeah. been sober for five years so her drug and alcohol addiction was happening when she was like heavily in her teens. Yeah, like Disney. Yeah. Years. yeah I mean, she, yeah. yeah, she was a, a celebrity since she was like 12. Yeah. Wow. Uh, in the post, uh, she credited her faith with helping get her through. Here's what she wrote. Uh, it's been quite the journey. So many ups and downs. So many times I wanted to re- relapse, but sat on my hands and begged God to relieve the obsession. I'm so proud of myself, but I couldn't have done it without my higher power. God, my family, friends, and everyone else who supported me feeling humbled and joyful today. Um, so 12 step programs, I don't know if you know about them. They're based on the principle that a power greater than ourselves can restore us. And many encourage those in recovery to reflect on the role of God in their lives. Um, back in 2013, she, she said to Cosmo that faith is important to her, though she is somewhat hesitant to talk about it in Hollywood. She said, um, I'm not super religious, but I grew up Christian. I believe in God. When I'm in LA, I don't talk about it that much because people are very judgmental, but I just feel like God gave me a voice, not just to sing with. He put me through those things, which seemed horrible at the time but they were so worth it with the obstacles i've overcome i can help people so there you go very cool demi lovato everybody yeah hey in case you missed it vice news this week released a short documentary about a church providing sanctuary to undocumented immigrants fearing deportation this was an incredible it's only like eight minutes and if someone wants to go and watch the whole thing we embedded it on our site or watch it wherever but man this was no, powerful. not or watch it wherever. Go to relevantmagazine.com and watch <laughs> Exclusively. it. Exclusively, go to relevantmagazine.com and watch it. We have video. the exclusive it embed exist anywhere that, else. Yeah. <laughs> With exclusive RSS feed from <laughs> from Vice. Uh, the short Vice. film featured a, a church in New York that's allowing an undocumented immigrant to live in its basement and hopefully flee to Canada where he won't be sent back to El Salvador where gangs threaten his life and his family. Uh, historically, federal authorities won't enter churches or places of worship to carry out deportation, though the law does not prohibit them from doing so. They just respect it. Here's uh, a clip from the documentary. Jose is a carpenter. For almost a decade, he and his wife Maria lived in suburban Maryland, raising their two children, Joel and Violeta. But for the past two weeks, this has been Jose's home, the basement of a church in Buffalo, New York, where he's been hiding from the U.S. government. This isn't how he wanted his life to unfold, but he knows what could happen if he's sent back to El Salvador. He called a local NGO that's been sheltering immigrants. They connected him to Reverend Justo Gonzalez, whose church has agreed to help. If your gut says something's wrong, don't open the door. 
Are we aware that we are putting ourselves at peril? Yes. Are we looking for a fight with the United States government? No. But will I stand in this congregation, stand on the right side of history, the right side of justice? Absolutely. People are more important than documents. Wow. I love that guy. Mm. That's the guy. Uh, hey, this is, and it's not even just like, you know, maybe more like rogue churches that are that are taking the stand. Even the church of Pastor Sammy Rodriguez, who I know, he's the president yeah. of the National Hispanic Christian Leadership Conference. He's like, uh, one of the top leaders in the Hispanic mm-hmm. evangelical church, mm-hmm. and even charismatic church, he he prayed at the most recent presidential inauguration. So he prayed at the Trump inauguration. Okay, he's offering what he calls safe haven to those in need, regardless of immigration status at his church. He uh, recently explained, he said, um, I want to distinguish that from sanctuary churches that are explicitly committed to opening up their doors to people that are undocumented. Um, We're not going to ask if you are documented or undocumented. Uh, If you're coming to our church and say, I need safe haven, without asking you any questions, we're going to provide safe haven. Uh, Discussing recent immigration policy, he said, uh, there was a a percentage, a number of God-fearing, hardworking people who were not criminals, who don't even have a traffic violation that were deported. These are egregious stories. So the church is yeah, uh, he, engaging the fight, which is yes, his, his church, Sammy Rodriguez's church, hat literally has bunk beds across the basement to help these mm. people. Awesome, mm. yes. And in case you missed it, <laughs> we mentioned it earlier in passing, but uh, the lineup for this year's Lollapalooza was announced. Now Coachella has already been announced, Bonnaroo has already been announced, and they were awesome lineups. Um, yeah, it's a good year. For Coachella, festivals. Coachella went down a notch when Beyonce pulled out, but um, for obvious reasons. But uh, the the Lollapalooza lineup has probably never been this good. And I'm telling you, as somebody who's been for 11 straight years, it's featuring Chance the Rapper, Lord, Killers, The XX, Arcade Fire, uh, KG Elevant, Migos, Spoon, Fanagram, The Lemon Twigs, Alt-J, Vance Joy, The Head and the Heart, Sylvanesso, a ton of others. It goes on and on and yeah. on. I, I literally was looking at the lineup. Yeah, the whole list and is good. Like that, I, yeah. The whole like, stack of the poster. Uh, is, emerging yeah. artists, Maggie Rogers, you know, whatever, uh, all the way up to Arcade Fire and Chance the Rapper. At yeah. the same, come on, guys. How, how funny is like Spoon and oh, the, the Killers? Yeah. Like some of this, like, I don't, is that Revival? Or I don't know. I don't know. Maybe it's well, ironic. I feel like Lala the last couple of years has been good at bringing uh, like artists from like a decade or even like two decades ago that are yeah, still. Yeah, like they had good. the yeah. the postal service reunited for ten years for yeah. that one show at Lala. Remember? Yeah. Yeah. Um, it was not. A, I was not a huge postal service fan, so I was underwhelmed right. by it. But you know, <laughs> you know, Jesse yeah, was I mean, in Hog Heaven. <laughs> the, them and Weezer. <laughs> hey, Weezer played at Weezer South was by, at South by, and yeah. Jesse didn't go. What? I, I couldn't believe it. He cried uh, a little though. I did. Well, I didn't even like bring it night, up. I'm trying to remember where. Anyway, I feel like I kind of took one for the team that night. But they're playing in town, and I, I said I'm gonna just gonna wait till they're. Here. Hey, uh, but, the four day uh, festival of Lollapalooza kicks off August 3rd in Chicago, and if you, uh, well, you can't get tickets now; it's sold out. But uh, if you got tickets, you'll see us there. So say hi. Uh, all right. Well, that'll do it for in case you missed it. Stay tuned. Up next, slices. Listening to Lowly, the song is Prepare the Lake. 
At the beginning of the podcast, you heard Spoon. They are back with uh, Do I Have to Talk You Into It? Spoon played South by and Lala, and they're back. Okay, it's time for slices. What do you have, Jesse? All right, so recently, uh, news stations around the country received a press release that two what they call, quote, inspirational strongmen, uh, you know, I guess somewhat in the vein of like a power team, right. were making a cross country tour. Uh, for uh, an organization that uh, was uh, called Thanks for Strength. And uh, according to this press release, uh, they were going to hit cities all over the world. They even just booked a spot on America's Got Talent. Uh, And so they were offering their services, Chop and Steal, to come into these local morning news uh, news TV stations and do a little demonstration Give some fitness tips and kind of, you know, just spread some goodwill to the community about their great cause, which was, is just strength. It's just teaching people strength. <laughs> so, uh, huh, huh. so this is like they're, te- like they are booking segments on local morning news yeah, shows yeah. to come in to do like demonstrate like workout things. Exactly. Like, exactly. Okay. And give an inspirational message. What's the you name know? of yeah, it? Like you might have a cook come in or you might have, you know, some other thing consultant or something. Right. Okay. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Cooking demonstration. So here's a, like a little workout. These demonstration. are these, these, these local guys who, okay. well, they're not local. These are national. No, national, national. These guys, have, according to the press next, release, we have the national fitness duo. Fitness. Yeah. Chop and steel. Chop and steel. Yeah. Chop and steel. Oh, so that's their name or do they go in and chop steel? No, that's their name. No, well, no, that's their names, but they also do some chopping uh, while they're there. So chop and steel. steel. So three <laughs> local stations in the Midwest, these, and I'm sure you got a lot of cities have them. Like they are literally just the morning shows that are, you know, they have like the today show. You have the good morning America, but then there's like the one of the local news station that has their own version. Of yeah. That. Usually the Fox, the Fox affiliate because the they don't have the national. Yeah, yeah. It's like good morning Des Moines or something. Yeah. 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 So three of them evidently didn't take much time to vet chop and steal because none of the things that they mentioned in the press release are real. There is no national tour. They've never been on America's Got Talent and they are not inspirational strongmen. As it turned out, they're not even in that great a shape. <laughs> so, they're, so they're just punking these local radio, uh, TV shows. And they so book they book three dates on morning TV shows and they come in and they, clearly as soon as they walk on, uh, it's they have ridiculous facial hair. They're wearing spandex. And like I said, not only is it immediately evidently uh, evident that they are not strong men. Like I said, they don't even look like they take care of themselves that well. Uh, they're one of them was wearing Zubass pants and they begin to demonstrate a series of exercises of course that are not only ineffective, but are incredibly dangerous. Um, <laughs> one of the exercises is uh, Chop lifts the, the back of his shirt up and Steel literally they, they bo- just throws sticks wait, at this, him. So they did the actual show? They did, yeah, they booked the shows. So wait, one of them's name is Chop and the other one is Steel. So steel. it's Chop like apostrophe in Steel. It's like Chop and Steel. Yeah. Not yeah, like oh, Hall not and Oates. It's not. Steel. Yeah, I thought it was Chop and Steel too, like Hall and Oates. No, no. Okay. It's like Cameron and Jesse. Yeah. Chop and Steel. Chop yeah, and yeah. Steel. Yeah. So, um, you know, I know, I feel like the only way that we can properly talk about this, Cameron, I sent you a link yep. to a YouTube video. Yep. Yep. I I know this is sort of, a, we, we try to avoid visual slices, but I th- I would like, Cameron, you have not, have you seen this video yet? No, I haven't. I want to get your your unfiltered reaction, watching and narrating for the audience about a minute of this video. All if right. you don't mind, I'll start at the beginning. Here we go. Hello, Wisconsin. 
This is WEAU 13 News. I've been waiting for this all show long. I know, I'm excited. Oh, I'm so strongman duo it's Chop so and Steel are here in studio. No. Strongman duo Chop and Steel are here talking about their tour. Give uh, thanks right now they strength. are showing Chop well, and Steel. Well, an impressive feat by our strongman duo and what they're doing to educate people. That- uh, okay, so every time these anchors are talking, they're showing the guys, uh, like, kind of, like, waiting for their segment, you know, like, and the guys the are holding each of them they are curling an object together uh, they each have an arm and a tire and they're curling the tire on one of them and then the other station they each have a hand in the hole of a cinder block and they're curling it together uh, so I'll, I'll continue but that's what that's what the visual is while these anchors are talking is coming up you can still do all of these uh, strongman tricks from just stuff you find around your house and around the around your yard or whatever so that's what we want to show you today. yeah but uh, actions speak louder than let's get to so some of the action right now. Yeah. And we're going to go. Ready? Nope. Uh, right now they have tennis one, rackets in their hand two, and they are three, like sword four, fighting five, with them. Six, seven, eight, five, ten, one. We found some sticks actually in your in your parking lot. And, this is uh, all it takes. We're going to reverse roles here. Okay. I'm Chop, but this time he's going to be doing the chopping. Okay, these sounds are, good. Normally you say don't Whoa. try this at home. Go ahead and try these at home. Okay. <laughs> all right, perfect. Uh, they literally found some twigs in the parking lot and he's holding it out and the other guy's karate chopping the twig in half. Uh, uh, Steel is wearing a very tight shirt, which reveals his uh, very flabby uh, torso, and he has uh, unnaturally large Zubaz stripe zebra pants on and and a do rag. Uh, uh, Steel is wearing uncomfortably high John Stockton shorts and and a uh, tank top. At least uh, they look the part. Yeah, uh, so they very much glorious. look the part, and their names are on their shirts. Oh, and he's chopping twigs still. Uh, Three. Yep, three twigs. <laughs> little tiny branch oh, twigs. Oh, then he pulls out one that's a little bit too that's big, like and he says no pass, and he goes to a okay. little Ready? twig. Uh, right now, they have uh, little uh, wicker baskets that they would have bought at like a Hobby Lobby that you would put maybe smaller than an Easter egg wicker basket. Uh, they have three or four or five of them. Like some soaps. Uh, Chop is, they're on the floor. Chop is kneeled down. He's pulling, you know, he'll grab a basket and bring it over in front of Steel and Steel then is stomping on it with his foot and then he grabs another small wicker basket. Here we go. Two. He's crunching them. Three. Three. With his foot. Four. Four. So that's five in like probably under ten seconds. Probably about. A lot of the times what we oh like gosh. to tell people is that you have to let life bounce off of you. Yep. Right? And so we are going to do just that literally in the literal sense. So yeah, again, this is one you don't want to go right home unless you got, you know, unless you feel like you can really pull it off. Why don't you lift up your shirt in the back here? Oh. He's built up quite so, so he's gotten the twig. So again, inspirational to show that life, you need to let things bounce off of you. Uh, Steel off. has turned his back to Chop. Chop is about five feet away. He has some of the twigs that they found in the parking lot again. And this is what he's about to throw yeah, so them at here, him. So we just go, one. And he's throwing the twigs at Steel's bare back Three. on TV. Is there? Is, can Five. you see the face of the, uh, six, six. Of the news anchor? No, the anchor is standing <laughs> off to the left. Oh you can only gosh. see his hand, and like he he doesn't want to be in the frame. You can just see. No, that's not the best part. But better. Right now, um, Chop is uh, a steel. It, they're doing kind of a crab, kind of like leg lock thing. It's, it's an incredibly dangerous up. looking weird calisthenic exercise. Okay, so like if if, if Chop like was it. laying on his back on the ground and 
and Steel walked up to him and Chop lifted his legs up and wrapped his legs around Steel's legs, but he was still laying on the ground. Okay, and then he reached up and they linked hands, and uh, <laughs> Chop is going to curl and lift up Steel off the ground, and that's what's happening on TV right now. Eight, nine. 22, and now they're uh, doing push-ups on top of each other. Um, 26, 27, uh, 28. You can see that while well, he's flexing there, that if you do this at home, you, it's working all your, it's your delts, your tribes, your plaques, your plaques. all the major <laughs> chest muscle groups. I'm doing double duty here. I'm using just a <laughs> basic. Just so you know, plaps isn't real. This is my favorite one because you got the it's anchor involved. This is a practical Owl workout. Holder that you would have in your you bathroom. You can find it you know? anything. Yeah. Like and it doesn't do take all this fancy stuff to yep. be able to it do all this. Yeah, but do you feel this already? Oh yeah. This yeah. is just basic turbo gravy that you would have in your house. There you go. Especially after turkey gravy. Turkey one. gravy. There you go. Yeah. Go up high. Yep. Oh, oh, sorry. Oh, sorry. 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 The reason why, and I'll be, I'll stop there, but he had one of those twigs that he had found and he put uh, the handle of, it's like a milk gallon jug thing with the handles, the plastic ones. And he had like hung them, two of these gallons of turkey gravy on the little twig. And he was holding it by the twig in the middle, like a dumbbell, lifts it over his head. Like he's going to do an exercise. And of course they slid off of the twig and then splattered all over the studio. My favorite is this is just basic turkey gravy. Like you would have at your house. Yeah. Yeah. So So chop and steal everybody so chop and steal it turns out this is not their first rodeo pulling off this gag no way uh uh, recently uh one of them the guy uh who played chop uh would uh he photoshopped a a book a cookbook about leftovers about interesting things to do with your thanksgiving day leftovers right so it's not even a real book and claimed to be going on a book tour across the country and doing book signings at local barns and nobles he visited uh local news stations and did like the cooking demonstrations that you've all we've all seen where a reporter comes over over to the table he proceeds to put various uh old thanksgiving uh items into a blender like turkey gravy and all this gross stuff and dumps it into a cup and the rep- and have the reporter take a sip. No. Oh my way. gosh. So he booked it by telling the local news station, I not I'm an, an author, I have a new book out, I'm yes. on a national book signing tour and I'm doing a signing in in, in your the town. town. And so I need to do this on promo doing and they life. book it without checking. Well, they, wow. they book it because they're like, you know, it's Thanksgiving. This is perfect. Uh, a Thanksgiving leftovers demonstration. Yeah, you know, some this producer is kind of has no idea what else to do. He's yeah. like, oh, we got, we got this author in well, And how often does like, you know, Podunkville, Indiana get a guest coming through? That's so they're going to book yeah. anybody who's like, oh my and it, there, wow. there were their, their most painful gag, which people can go and watch because it's arguably too awkward and painful to even listen to, <laughs> is when one of the man- members of their crew who's now, uh, who's landed a couple uh, legit acting jobs from this gag that he did uh, six years ago, uh, he started booking uh, 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 these local morning news segments as a professional yo-yo master named Kay Strauss. Uh, the problem is he knows nothing about yo-yo and would just <laughs> literally walk in there and start swinging the yo-yos wildly, inevitably hitting himself. Uh, at one point, he decided on air to retire from yo-yo because he lost <laughs> the muscle memory. Uh, during another appearance, he took out the yo-yo and informed the reporters that he accidentally forgot the string this time and ran <laughs> for the entire segment about a lot of disturbing things. 
Oh my Dress up as a professional yo-yo master. So it turns out these guys are actually uh, uh, just really good viral marketers. They put oh, on something so called good. the Found Footage Festival, which is like a comedy festival that has to do with a lot of these types of pranks and like goofy old videos. But in order to promote it, they have been pranking these local news stations across the country. And no one is safe because once someone lets on, like Kay Strauss is basically blacklisted from every local morning show because right. so many, yeah, I mean, you would like think, you multiple would think so. producers were just humiliated by the segment. Yeah. Uh, uh, but, you know, they keep inventing new characters. And in the course of like two weeks, uh, Chop and Steel struck three different times in the Midwest. So amazing. Jesse, I have a feeling like this is like one day we're going to get a headline about a guy who's doing this exact thing in Virginia and it's going to be you. I mm. was so mad that I didn't think. Can I, I, I honestly <laughs> thought, dude. I, I, I might steal this idea because it's so perfect. <laughs> and you could see, look, we get, Cameron, we get a lot of press, Aaron knows this too, we get a lot of press releases all yep. the time yeah, from people, yeah. you know? Yeah. And if you're, if you are doing a morning show, you're trying to book tons of interesting guests, I could totally see how in a small market you could pull this prank. Yeah. I have not laughed harder watching YouTube videos than these guys in a long time. You can see more uh, right now. We Exclusively at magazine.com. The lesson that yeah. every artist is, there is no excuse for you to right. not be booked. Right? That's yeah. true. No, no lie. That's, that's true, right? You just gotta yes. work. You know, just get just it. You'll basically. Get, what do you have, Aaron? Did you bring a slice? You're I still did, hanging I did. out. This is my first time bringing a slice. And so it's... it's well, a lot's hanging in the balance here. I, mean, I, I know. If you want to show up again, you better bring the goods. <sighs> okay. Well, so there is uh, this place overseas called Japan and they're known for a lot of tech innovation. Something comes out of Japan. Just, this, is a, this is some announcement. Uh, the PSA. It's, it's, it might be high tech, might be inventive. Well, they've done something new and it's, it's pretty exciting. There is opening in a place called Harajuku, Japan, uh-huh. a uh, cafe called Nest Cafe, Her- Harajuku, uh-huh. Harajuku, and it's a nap okay. cafe. A nap cafe. It is essentially a, called a hotel. It's essentially a Starbucks. Okay. In the middle of the room is coffee tables, couches, these kind of things. Around the room are beds. Mm. 9,000 dollar beds which i guess we included in the write-up to make sure we know they're quality beds and you can <laughs> how is it nine thousand dollars anyway I, well that, that's yeah. another point yeah the, this point is that for whatever the price is you can walk in and get a cup of decaf nest cafe okay <laughs> headphones right. sony headphones of course a two-hour nap uh-huh. the, at the end of which time they will bring you a caffeinated nest cafe <laughs> Wow. Oh, and my question really is how long is it going to take before this comes to orlando well right. uh, the, uh, how much does it cost it doesn't say that's I mean to me yeah. that's I mean if you go to a hotel or not a hotel an airport there's a lot of times they'll have like little mm-hmm. kind of bunk rooms the like this hospitals will have um, yeah yeah, yeah. Like this, this is the cafe style. it's, it's only just, two hours and it's relatively out in the open they also have those Philips like LED like mood light kind so of thing. So this is like a kindergarten class. So it's designed class, to get you into your a room kindergarten cycle. class at two two p.m. when you walk in the room, the lights are dim and everybody's on cots. Except you know in, in uh, parts of Spain they have like siestas where it's like, yeah. the, the yeah. culturally appropriate thing. Yeah, this is this is would facilitate something like that really well. Except as far as I know in Japan that's not a cultural tradition. It's just a wonderful innovation, <laughs> wonderful uh, innovation. And, and, <laughs> an evolution of the coffee shop experience. Because we can all admit that like you know there's. There was Dunkin' Donuts, and then there's our second wave coffee with like Starbucks. There's the third wave, like hipster shop, where you're gonna like do little foam designs mm-hmm. in my cup. And this, I think, is the fourth wave and the wave we've all been waiting on. <laughs> well, like even even if you didn't go there, like in the middle, like let's say you just want like an hour during your lunch break, somewhere to, somewhere to crash out. I can see that. But even if like you're like let's say you're like shopping with people, or like you're with friends and they're out for the night and they want to go to like a movie, and you're like, you know what? 
catch up with you guys after. I'm literally just going to go sleep and be refreshed for the rest of the night. Or like, I don't want to go to all those shops. You know, tell you what, we'll get dinner afterwards. I'm going to go nap. I, I love the idea, personally. I'm sure you found yourself in the situation where you're in a different city and maybe maybe you're doing like Christmas shopping and maybe it's with just like in-laws or something. Yeah. And there's like that, like, oh, does anybody want coffee? I'll run over here and get us coffees and, and y'all can consider. <laughs> you disappear for two hours. Y'all just keep looking around Dick's yeah. Sporting Goods and <laughs> right. I'll, I'll go get coffee. In, in that scenario, you could just literally go to sleep. Yeah. Or you're like, okay, the, the next thing I have to do is three hours from now the only problem is the hotel is too far away yeah. and to go all the way so you're like i can't go back i don't want to go home like yeah. i need to just I, I need a place to shut my eyes for a second. i think it's brilliant yeah. i used to say in college that uh nap time was wasted on kindergartners <laughs> it's true they the, the thing, kindergartners don't want to take nap college students do oh yeah, yeah. well and, you know like every other study i feel like that comes out is like you want to be more productive take naps take, take breaks nap, like yeah. you know that's always yeah. what we see coming across you know the internet research mill and so this this coffee shop's allowing us to do it, and I I want a piece of it. <laughs> there you go. Well, you know you could start it. I mean, you could, you yeah, don't have to wait for somebody else to do it. Be the, the change you want to see, Aaron. Dang, <laughs> I, I do not see myself you. investing in this. <laughs> yeah, Aaron's not buying nine thousand dollar beds. Well, He's buying a bunch of air mattresses kind of and like a, an old storage unit. Now go to sleep and just slams the door. <laughs> <laughs> Is there Aaron here? Uh, breathe under the air mattress if you need to. Get out! Shut up. <laughs> Is this what you wanted? <laughs> <laughs> a slippery slope. All right. Hey, uh, our, our guest cast member, uh, Prop, I heard you have a slice. What do you have? That's I do right. have a slice. And this was actually the motivation for wanting to be on this show was being a part of the slices. <laughs> oh, you need to get something off your chest is what I'm hearing. Yes. So we mentioned one of them. I had, had an idea you know, about Cameron, but we talked about that being in a rap video. That's quite a slice. Mm-hmm. Uh, but... Um, this is a story that kind of popped up a few years ago that has been sort of resurfaced because of sort of the drive of sort of environmental and activism and um, just fights for justice for those that are uh, sort of oppressed, which is partially why I really perked up um, because I was really inspired by this. So in a place uh, called Iceland, um, you know, far north, which helped you to understand that, you know, justice issues isn't just it isn't just colorized. You know what I'm saying? It ain't nobody but one color up in Iceland, you know, so uh, <laughs> so it's not necessarily always. It's one big right? J crew, you would say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. One big J crew. You know, yeah. that's, maybe that's where all the meetings are. Yeah. Um, You're welcome so, to go. <laughs> totally. Don't admit that. So. <laughs> So in this time where, you know, this expanse uh, and invasive sort of city fizing, you know, and removing of of beauty, um, some people have stood up for those that couldn't stand up for themselves and have passed uh, laws to protect uh, certain habitats because nobody wanted to deserve in Iceland the habitat of the elves. Oh, elves. Elven communities. I just feel like we overlooked that a lot. Community, at least, it's been believed for centuries Mm -hmm. uh, that I'm not going to. I'm not going to say this correctly because I don't speak Elvish or Icelandic. um, (laughs) But I'm a big Bjork fan. Um, True. Holdulfolk, which translate. Yeah, translates perfect, as perfect. hidden folk. Yeah, the, right. the, the so the these folk. hidden folk. The I mean, they folk. have a church. Okay. There's a there's a governmental organization that protects them. Um, 
that there was this there was this expanse, this road that's for three years they've been trying to build this road to go across this part of the town, uh, this part of the land, but activists will not let them disturb uh, their area. They are protecting the elf folk. Now, nobody's necessarily seen these elf folk, right. or maybe they have. I don't know. Have you seen an alien? I don't know. But you know what? If sure, they had a place here, we should probably protect them. That's true. So, I was absolutely fascinated by the idea that okay we couldn't stop an oil line to go through a native american reservation that's going to destroy a natural uh source of fresh water from people we've been making treaties with for the past 300 years we could not stop that but in iceland right Elves <laughs> were able to stop, <laughs> and they didn't even have to do it themselves. Yeah, they weren't even out there. Pro- people took they up for the elves. Out there oh, but but I have, I have a couple life mottos that I live by. Yeah, and one of them, right at the top of the list, when it comes to elves. Air on the side of caution. <laughs> you never know. You never know. You, you don't know. know. You I'm don't waiting. know. That's that. That's the thing with elves. Okay. Yeah. Uh, you, you put one road through the, their community. Look, I don't. I'm not trying to stir up trouble with mythical creatures right. that I, that doesn't need you to be there. Know. You know? I do think it's true that in I'll Iceland, take the long they're, way to they're work. Pretty, there's like a cultural fear of elves. Like that's a. Well, aren't they the ones that sneak in at night and steal your shoes and take them to a cobbler? Somebody think, is. I think in Iceland they like they like kill you. There's well, like stories of people hiking in Elven communities I was gonna say, and they die. Cameron, can I be honest with you? If someone broke into my home, and took yeah. my shoes to a cobbler, yeah. that's like a favor. At that point. Like that's like well, a that's pretty the cool good thing ones. That's the good elves. I'm saying, but they have the Are shifty abilities. They have the shifty abilities to come in and take your shoes. You don't want to cross them. That's what right, I'm saying. Right. They can break into your house, that's, but that's just. But the because, idea, Cameron, the American that, version of that is like is some weird mythical creature that we don't want to perturb because he like. Like, stole my car to get my oil changed and brought yeah. it back. I'd be like, dude, yeah. I'm, I'm pretty, I'm pretty down with that gremlin. It's just like uh, these are like good thieves, yeah, you know. Thieves. So I get it, but yeah, like, I'm thankful for this. I just, I'm like, okay, so what did the Hopi Indians do to you? <laughs> right? <laughs> that, so, so maybe that's a lesson for all of our Native Americans. You need to just start breaking into <laughs> white people's, people's houses, take their shoes, learn from the elves, take their shoes. <laughs> You understand? <laughs> and pretend like you're mythical. Oh, and man. then maybe, <laughs> maybe your government will oh, protect your man. land. You took something ridiculous and hammered so home issues. an incredibly powerful point. That is skillful, man. <laughs> you really did. I didn't know it was going that direction, but I'm glad it did. And by but that direction, I mean, I didn't know that elves fix shoes. <laughs> 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 That's news to me. It's good yeah. the elves now everybody here. knows. It's a oh, man. Hey, well, they make, they make cookies up in the tree. And we know that That's the, the, yeah, the, yeah. the Keebler variety. They make the cookies. Keebler ones. Yeah. Good I mean, again, yeah, the it's good like ones. good immigrants and bad immigrants, right? Like <laughs> oh, you, know, you don't want to support no. the Keebler elves. Keep coming back to right? the real stuff, yeah, man. man. Wow. It's, it's, it's a talent, man. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I would, I, I'll tell you this much. I would watch. I was watching the Discovery Channel late the other night. There's just noise in the background. I would watch a Discovery Channel marathon about the Icelandic 
elf community mm-hmm. you know yeah, uh, maybe a reality show too yeah that's what i'm saying like i uh, yeah i was that's what i'm saying like i was watching uh moonshiners and and uh it was like a culture that i don't know it was like an inside look at you know a, a world that is new to me and i would the, the yeah. elves would be the same thing i would totally watch it and, and they do like the alaskan bush people and stuff be, 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 because totally. reality and fiction don't matter to discovery channel i mean literally <laughs> they just think of something that would be cool if it did exist and and make a documentary as if it does you know what though you know i i'm with cameron it's incredibly deceiving when you turn on something and it says the discovery channel specifically the moonshiners thing (laughs) i was hoping this was going to be much more discovery ish (laughs) like like recipes like you would discover recipes and and how to learn you know just history the the culture the science the the anthropology (laughs) of the Appalachian mountains and why moonshine exec instead i'm just watching like redneck escobars i'm like y'all just y'all drug dealers that's all you are. are i'm just watching a reality show about drug dealers right now yeah that's but, true but here but here's the thing they don't blur their faces you, you so prop you're saying that privilege has gotten to the point it's so ridiculous where they literally can just televise the crime and you still can not tell them, like you're but like, you don't know where oh it is gosh. it's just the woods they don't they don't out where it is so like the cops don't are you grid, okay man. so if if i'm in the appalachian mountains right and i'm a policeman <laughs> yeah. you know what I'm going to look for the big old satellite dish. <laughs> oh, that's true. The Discovery Channel truck. That, okay, that's true. Yeah, that's true. Because when I pulled up to that house in LA for that Lecrae video shoot, the production, the bus, the... the uh, yeah, that's true. Okay, that would kind of be a giveaway. There could be a small hint. They here. literally have the people's names and faces advertising the show. Right? <laughs> like, talk about the, 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 the disparagement of justice. Like, we're literally making our crime entertainment and people are watching to laugh you know that's how bad it's got yeah if it was like uh weed sellers of la Uh and like it was just these like these brothers and you just at the trap house and (laughs) it's a television show with where Pookie and them and <laughs> they sit there cutting crack and without their faces covered right. and and setting up how they hide the crack yep. from the police and the other crack dealers because they they're and rivals with the other moonshiners yeah, yeah also and helping it. each other like yeah. what like how come you can do this like and literally you put this? your name in the credits of the show. <laughs> <laughs> like you, it's on, on your IMDB. Your drug yeah. dealing is on your IMDB, and the cops yeah. still do not care. It must be nice. <laughs> so you're saying? Wait, hold on, Rob. You're saying that that this that this the fact that this show exists is is. Uh, like a race thing like because like they we celebrate white criminals but we would demonize like we wouldn't do that show about black criminals is what you you're saying you wouldn't do that show about no other kind of criminals interesting <laughs> look again it took a stupid yeah, discovery channel elf marathon Fine. proposal yeah, I thought we were throwing channel discovery Wow, social commentary. Well, I think Discovery should look into the Icelandic Elven community. Oh, I mean, they, they, they got, yeah. they've already got the other one who has like truckers too. Yeah, they like do just the like ice road ice truckers. Yeah. The Alaskan Bush People Marathon was last night. Yeah. So I mean, they're up there in the north anyway. The just pop just over ca- to Iceland. Who's the one where they just yeah. like catch alligators? Is that Discovery too? I don't know. Just like follow yeah, that was history. 
That's history. history? See, yeah. that makes no sense. No, but they're making history every day. That's because if there's anything the history books are going to remember, it's that time that dude walked into Pawn Stars with a fake musket <laughs> and tried to get five thousand dollars and had his heart broken by uh, Chumley. Uh, history every cool day. Though. History <laughs> every day. That's your, yeah, your great grandfather's Civil War was worthless. Now get out of my shop. Loser. <laughs> All right. Well, that'll do it for slices. Stay tuned. Up next, Paul Rust. Listening to Semi Attractive Boy, which is my high school nickname. Um, uh, the song is Her Heart Isn't Beating for Me. Oh man, life, life song there. Well, this week's feature segment is brought to you by Squarespace. Whether you need a landing page, beautiful gallery, professional blog, or an online store, it's all included with your Squarespace website. I'm a huge fan of Squarespace. We've been building Squarespace websites for years. Uh, we most recently did the Oscars.biz Awards uh, website with Squarespace, and it's super easy. Um, you can add and arrange your content and features with the click of a mouse. And then when you sign up for a year, you get a free custom domain included in your order. They have beautiful templates and seamless commerce tools and incredible customer support. You can start your free trial today at squarespace.com and enter offer code relevant to get 10% off your first purchase. Squarespace, set your website apart. Paul Rust is an actor, comedian, and writer who co-created the Netflix comedy Love with Judd Apatow. Uh, Paul stars alongside with uh, Jillian Jacobs as the show follows their burgeoning romance while uh, examining the awkwardness of modern dating. We recently spoke with uh, Paul Rust about the inspiration for the show and how to find the humor in modern day romance. Now, I actually finished all of season two last night. I knew he was going to be on the show, so I wanted to finish uh, season two. I, and again, it's a Judd Apatow movie so or, or show, so it's like... Uh, rough around the edges and we're not endorsing it. But if you enjoy that kind of awkward humor and, you know, whatever, uh, there's some really profound messages and, and uh, things that are illuminated in this season. It's, it's really interesting. Without any further ado, here is Paul Rust. Well, to start off, can you tell me a little bit about the genesis of the show Love? Yeah. Um, so it initially started um, uh, my uh, uh, wife, who at the time was my uh, girlfriend um, and as co-creator of the show now, Leslie uh, Arfin. She and I uh, pitched... Um, it was my manager's idea that since I was working on this Pee Wee Herman movie with John mm-hmm. 
And because Leslie was um, co-writing uh, or writing on uh, Girls, which Judd produces, my manager suggested like that the two of us come up with an idea for a movie based on uh, a relationship that's like loosely based on us. Mm-hmm. And we presented it to Judd as a kind of outline pitch. And he really liked it. Uh, he, but what he specifically liked was the, the couple sort of at the center of this movie and the dynamic of the couple. For a while, Judd had had this idea, this notion to do a TV show that would be about um, sort of the, uh, that would follow an entire relationship. Um, And I think he had that around kicking in his mind for a while. And so he uh, uh, decided to, uh, thought that this would be a good um, couple to kind of put the couple from our um, movie pitch sort of in this TV show idea he had. And then from that point forward, uh, the three of us just started uh, working together on the, on the TV show. Was the plan always for you to act in the project? Yeah, I think that was always the hope. You know, I had Judd... Um, knew me as a writer and a performer and I think he could also tell when he read it that I was writing it to be in my uh, sort of voice um, the uh, <laughs> the worry I had after we sold the show you know I was told that I was going to be in it uh, anytime my phone would ring I was convinced you know that they were calling me to tell me they were taking it away from me. <laughs> I was scared about that. But uh, a couple months later, I finally was like, okay, I, I think I got this. So, Your show Love is about uh, a love story with Mickey and Gus. And it also, it occurs to me uh, about love in general or love in a certain kind of uh, framing of the millennial generation and those kind of things. So I'm curious from your perspective as the writer and actor is, is love and dating, maybe marriage and romance. Is that different today than it was say for like our parents' generation? Yeah. You know, that's a good question. I think like, um, I think my first answer is sort of no, uh, I mean, the trappings might be different, you know? It might be uh, uh, a text, whereas a hundred years ago, it was a beautifully written letter, <laughs> a love letter, you know? Like, so there, there could be sort of differences in terms of that, but I think overall, the, the general feeling of, oh, I'm starting to realize I like this person and I hope they like me back is uh, as old as time itself. Uh, and in a way, that's sort of the big, that's the uh, thing that we always have on our side with the show is even if it gets, you know, is, there is sort of more modern stuff in there sure. or if the characters are doing things that maybe viewers aren't totally on board with the general gist of the show, which is like two people are trying to make it work uh, because they like each other. That's always sort of a a nice fallback because 
That's something I think literally every human being has experienced, which is good. You brought up Judd Apatow. Um, obviously, he's heavily involved in the show and producing and, and all that. Yeah, it's interesting. He's famous for these romantic stories, romantic comedies, but it's certainly nothing like you know a Nora Ephron or a Nicholas Sparks or something you might see like that. And in some ways, it's like the anti version of those, right? So, you know, he he plays up like awkwardness and what you might call like realism, maybe or humorously real parts of relationships what is it about his brand of romantic comedies that you think appeals to audiences when the first season came out i just in people's responses and feedback to the show a lot of people were talking about how um the scenes were you know made them cringe or were awkward and it sort of caught me off guard because when we were writing and making those scenes, all we were trying to do was do something that felt um, truthful. Yeah. And <laughs> so when people had that reaction, it made me more go, oh, I guess daily life is just filled with constant awkwardness. <laughs> so, so it wasn't necessarily like we were inventing anything it was just more kind of like representing uh, maybe this isn't everybody's experience but you know my experience that there's just uncomfortable moments but it uh -huh. wasn't about any sort of mission statement of like that's how we see things sure. i think it's also just like a byproduct of you know uh with judd leslie yeah. myself and the rest of the uh, staff of writers that we have and, and including like uh, great actors we have on the show like Gillian sure. um, Jacobs uh, we all kind of believe that like there's not it's very rare in life to have actual villains um, and a lot of times conflict comes out of how a person gets in the way of themselves Sure. Not that anybody else out there in the world is coming up with some grand scheme to take you down. And so I think when that sort of creative, overall general creative choice is made, which is like, hey, we're not ever going to have this show be have somebody who's a, a, a flat out villain. It kind of leaves you then to go, well, then what is the conflict? Yeah. And then the conflict ends up being, oh, an uncomfortable situation. Sure. Uh, it's just sort of a natural byproduct of trying to be yes honest about uh the characters that was paul rust stay tuned up next carrie job takes us on a tour of her new album
You're listening to Real Estate. The song is Stained Glass. That's what I look for in my real estate. Lots and lots of stained glass. Classic. On her latest release, The Garden, singer and worship artist Carrie Job explores not only God's nature, but also how we respond to it in the midst of both tragedy and triumph. What you're about to hear is Carrie walking us through some of her favorite songs on the record and telling us about the real life events that inspired the deeply personal album and actually how the songs helped her family heal. It's unreal. Without any further ado, here is Carrie Job. About a year and a half ago, my sister and I were pregnant at the same time, which was really exciting, you know, and we, you know, you dream about that with your sister being pregnant. So we were pregnant at the same time and right toward the end of her pregnancy, uh, she lost her baby and I was still pregnant. And so it just was these uncharted waters that we just, I just had never been through anything like that. And you know, grieving the loss with her and and being there for her, but also needing to celebrate the life that's still inside of me and protect my child and not grieve so hard that it hurt him or anything. So it just was super hard, but um, I happened to be in a writing season for my new album at the time. And so I just took my, my heartache and pain and questions to God through my songs and just began to write out of it and um, it just turned out to be a really special season that has actually been really healing for all of my family through these songs. first song I wrote out of it right after the funeral was the song I Will Sing and it was literally like I already had the writing session scheduled so I was like well I'll just go and tell the guys what we just experienced and it was just right from it and so it was Jason Ingram and Ben Fielding and they're both dads and so I mean it was such a somber and sweet day of just they were just so heartbroken for my family and it was just really sweet. So we just all kind of rallied around and, and wrote from that perspective of, you know, being parents. And it was a really special experience that day. I was really thankful I was with them to write that song.
There was this, actually this one night that I was in the kitchen making a sandwich, <laughs> which is a funny detail, but I just was pretty much minding my own business. And I actually had church on uh, the computer. My husband was leading worship at church, but Canyon was really little. So I stayed home that night and I just felt like I heard God say to me while I was in the kitchen, you know, I can handle your disappointment. And I, I just kind of stopped and like looked around like, what? And I really felt like I heard him say it again, I can handle your disappointment. And that was life-changing because to me, it just helped me realize, okay, God knows every detail. But to hear him say that to me, I just was like, I'm, I'm thankful. He didn't ask me to give it up. He didn't ask me to get over it. He didn't say, you need to be done with this. He was just saying, I can handle it. And it, it like gave me this freedom to realize that God is okay with the processes of our human mind and of us asking our questions. But, but I realized too, at the end of the day, it can't let me, it, it can't make my faith be shaken to the point that I don't want to trust him anymore. Cause that would be detrimental. That wouldn't be, it wouldn't be good because he's moved by faith. And I know enough of his character to know that he always makes things beautiful in, in their time. And so that's really right around the season that um, I started writing the garden song and um, just realizing that God can handle our brokenness and our pain, but he, he'll take it and make it beautiful if we'll... I can see the Bill Johnson said something in a, a teaching one time uh, a couple of years ago that I was listening to, and he said, whenever you write songs from an encounter that you've had with God, you invite other people into that same encounter or, you know, a similar encounter. And I, I was just like, I just wanted to write from that deeper place, you know. So I think this one just felt different. It, it just felt like I had to pull from a really deep place in my walk with the Lord because I was so shaken with some of my disappointments, you know, so, but I, I didn't want to leave people hopeless and so disappointed and so sad, you know, I wanted to be able to bring the redemption in these songs too. And I had to get there as well. You know, I wanted it to come from a place that I was believing not myself. And that's one of the reasons I cut miracles from, you know, the Jesus culture camp, because that was a song that I was, singing over myself and playing during this whole process because it was something I needed because I I wasn't I didn't feel like I believed he was my healer or he was a miracle working God but I know I know it to be true you know and so I was having to declare that while I didn't maybe feel that 
That was Carrie Job. Be sure to check out The Garden. It's out now. hear the words of Jesus, be surrounded by the sounds of the crowd in Jerusalem, and experience so vivid it's like being there. The Breathe Audio Bible. Hear it for yourself with a free download of the Gospel of Mark at breathebible.com. Listening to Tay She. The song is Keep Running. We saw her at South by. I hadn't heard of her before. She's yeah, no, great. No. Yeah, that's awesome. Really great. And if you're Googling it, it's T E I. That's Tay. And the only reason why I know it's pronounced Tay is because she said, I'm Tay She. Thanks for coming. You know, so I, I figured she's a good source on how to pronounce it. <laughs> okay, it's time for your feedback. Um, okay, so. Last week, we got talking about spring break. A lot of people are on spring break if you're in college, if you're, if you're working, your kids might be. We wanted to know your best spring break stories or road trip stories. Uh, we've all had them, all great memories, crazy stuff happening. You guys hit us up on the Relevant Podcast episode page at relevantmagazine.com and posted your stories there. You also tweeted us at Relevant Podcast. Here's a couple of our favorites. I, this one is from Laura Anderson, who they she was in Costa Rica studying abroad and stayed at an Airbnb near a volcano to check it out, you know, with some Beautiful. friends. Turns out the Airbnb host was a retired professional magician who would Ooh, come over the house epic. in the evenings and do free magic shows. My you know, theory... I, 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 I watched a Discovery Channel marathon about that guy. He's uh, fascinating. Yeah, the volcano magician. Volcano yeah, magician, they called it. Uh, volcano magicians. It's a whole community up there in El Salvador. Uh, yeah. Big Airbnb beers. Did they also? Air they also uh, they they make moonshine up there. And they it's they that, do. That they El Salvador moonshine. And no one cares. Yeah. And crack uh, all yeah. together. It's a fascinating show. Yeah. Fascinating oh oh show. yeah. They also they also uh, deal meth and skate the law. Their names. They have an IMDb page. It's, it's incredible. Uh, yeah. That would be a memorable spring break if you ended up at an Airbnb in El Salvador by a by a volcano, and the host of the Airbnb showed up every night to do magic shows. Yeah, he said sometimes like the the guys the the the, the person's dog or something would like they would like get loose, or there was like a convenient reason to come back to the house, and they yeah. could tell he was just coming back to the property to do some sweet magic. You know, uh, one thing they didn't realize they were getting into is every morning, uh, mysteriously, their shoes were missing. So. Um, <laughs> they were they were they were expertly cobbled. Too. How did this happen, man? My my favorite, one of my favorites in the list of people's spring break experiences was Emily Lesser, who was a track and field athlete, ended up going to do some Olympic training. Yes, and she ended up throwing hammers with the non English speaking world hammer throwing champion. What? 
Which I mean, that's chopping steel. That's better than better than that. <laughs> just throwing hammers. Just throwing hammers. Which I didn't know was an Olympic sport, but apparently it is. They have a world champion. She does not speak. Well, they English. throw javelins. Throwing, you know, Thor hammers. I would assume would be a thing too. I don't know that it's Thor hammers. They could be rubber hammers. Just it normal, could be like run of the mill Stanley hammers. Two hook hammer. Yeah. Thing. But mm-hmm. it's, to me, that's a heck of a spring break. I mean, what else are you gonna do? Go to the beach? Yeah. No. That's a story. That's a good story. Yeah. yeah. Ma- Matthew said one time he stayed in the dorm during spring break and he was the only person there. Like in the entire dorm. That's and he just binge watched some anime series and ended up having like really weird anime dreams. That is like a that is like a horror movie scenario. That's like, amazing. Where you're in this dorm for a week with nobody. There's like you know hundreds of rooms and you're watching one show. You're just having a mental breakdown in a big scary dorm. That's Matthew, a, what yeah, that's is a, wrong with you? That's the insane asylum that you know has been abandoned for 50 years, but you see one light on uh, at night. You know, like yeah, that's yeah a, exactly. Yeah. And then a magician started showing up. <laughs> There's a lot more uh, on the episode page. Go check it out. Okay, it's time for this week's editorial question of the week. Well, earlier in the show, we uh, you know we talked about my IMDb page getting filled out by my by my starring role in in the Lecrae video, Uh, the corner of the Lecrae video. Were you featured in that? By the way, Uh, I think you were. I was featured in the corner a featured artist? little white head um that's what the imdb says little white head lecrae video <laughs> known for yeah yes um anyway and we got talking about the uh, the discovery channel and their absurd uh, premises for quote-unquote uh reality tv marathons uh in light of you know the the volcano and and and, and all of our uh scenarios about elven uh, discovery channel we want to know your pitch for the next big discovery channel series uh the quote-unquote reality yeah. uh series uh oh my God, please come with it yeah, <laughs> hit us up it on has to be like ethically like ambiguous yeah. like, <laughs> yeah. yes. maybe this is legal, i want maybe one just not. about chop and steel that just follows them <laughs> Yes, dude. So there's but Jeff, not there's about, Jesse's idea. Not about them, but like just them doing things. Yeah, yeah. I want. I, I want. Them, like their I want them. I want them. Every episode is them pranking a new poor morning uh, <laughs> show. Yeah. In, you know, it has to have very little to do with actually Toledo discovering things. Yes, that's true. Yes, that's the thing. It has to be like minusculely educational. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So hit us up at the podcast episode page at relevantmagazine.com. You can post your, your pitch there or you can tweet us at relevant podcast and we will read our favorites next week. Many thanks to our show sponsors for uh, making the episode possible. Remember, you go over to audible.com slash relevant to get a free 30 day trial today. You can download a book right away and uh, it's awesome. Thanks also to Squarespace. Remember, you can start your free trial today at squarespace.com and enter offer code relevant to get 10% off your first purchase. Uh, thanks also to our guest for joining us, Paul Rust. Follow him on Twitter at Paul Rust. And uh, season two of Love just released on Netflix. I'm not recommending it, but if you're into that sort of thing, it's well done for what it is, but don't blame me if you're offended. Uh, also, Carrie Job, same thing. Don't blame me if you're offended to the Carrie Job new album. You follow her on Twitter at Carrie Job. And the Garden is out now. Go over to relevantmagazine.com. The new site is up. Soft Launch is still getting you know, built out and built out and it's changing every week. Go check it out. And while you're there, subscribe to the magazine. The redesign Please. is out now. The new issue looks amazing hey. and we're about to send the next issue to the printer. We're really excited about it. You can subscribe today at relevantmagazine.com. Um, 
dude prop thanks for joining us yeah, man. so fun this was a blast man he's he would text me from time to time like he'd be on the road and he'd like listen to a new episode and he's like why don't you have me on this is ridiculous i don't need to just come on and be interviewed <laughs> about some serious thing just let me sit down and have fun with you guys and i was like yeah man anytime i'm glad Long it worked time out. coming yeah. i'm glad it worked yes, out man absolutely. this was a blast thanks for letting me do it guys hey and aaron thanks for joining us as well oh of course you passed your oh, first uh, you know what that means a lot <laughs> there you go that means a hey, lot. and aaron happy birthday oh my gosh this, hey, was, this was our present to you. That's what I was waiting on. <laughs> this is our present to you, buddy. Hey, um, uh, we, Jesse, we have some exciting announcements about the podcast next week that uh, I think people will be ex- mm-hmm. enjoy. I think just telling them our, our plans for, that yeah. are coming up. So anyway, so make sure to tune in next week. It's going to be some fun. Uh, on that note, we'll wrap it. I'm Cameron Strang. I'm Aaron Hanbury. I'm Chandler Strang. I'm Propaganda. I'm Jesse Carey. We'll see you next week. Hey, hey, I'll catch me hopping off Chamba North Corner with CNT or 20 minutes east to South Central, that's West Coast beat. Broken families and pasta, black rock and white pasta. Jimmy Kendrick's court, and about a mock and all your preconceived. Huh. The narrative fight great. The heritage makes a man stand with his spine straight. The ground and grew Kendrick, Anthony Kiedis, Incubus. Music that speaks to the Jim Morrison. Each of us shared the same. Thanks for listening to The Relevant Podcast. Connect with us on Twitter, at Relevant Podcast, and get bonus material from this episode and more at the podcast section on relevantmagazine.com. And don't forget to check the magazine out. It's available on newsstands and at the iTunes App Store, or you can subscribe online at relevantmagazine.com slash subscribe. When it comes to elves, err on the side of caution.